Welcome back, everyone. Hey, all. My lady friend is with me here today. <laughs> One person on YouTube referred to me as your lady friend, and now that's it. like our favorite. That was go my to. favorite. That was so funny. All and right. You're, well, I'm. You're you're here with me. I'm too. his wife, by the way, yeah. you guys. My name is Heidi. <laughs> yeah, she's here with me to keep me in line. Try to. All right. We're. I'm back with another, and I haven't done one of these in a while. I think I I did it long time ago. Um, that we did recorded a couple of these, but it was ruining treasured Bible verses. Yes. Uh, I stole this idea from Matt Whitman from 10 yep. minute Bible hour, but he had this idea of ruining treasured Bible verses where he, he kind of went at it at a, a, a funny angle. Um, but he was just, um, uh, reinterpreting them correctly and, and using proper interpretation tools to do these, these commonly misunderstood verses because we all know those verses that you Jeremiah see 29, 11, yeah on I mean, all you, the you know, jewelry we, all the signs all the memes that people share around and it's like anyone who actually studies god's word is like uh that's not what that means <laughs> and I know like, what are you the doing first one i know i ruined a lot of people's day with that one because yep. um it, it's it's uh it's really one of the most taken out of context. With Jeremiah twenty nine eleven. Yeah, with Jeremiah twenty nine eleven. I mean that one it can have like a light application to a believer, but it doesn't have the application that it had to Jeremiah. Yeah. And finding that out in context and everything, and it's <laughs> very like, disappointing no. for a lot of people in that way. <laughs> um, but back to that. We haven't done one of these in a while, but it, right now, what's popular, and I guess this is also part sort of part two of our mask podcast that we did so if you're already annoyed and mad then just turn this off now um right now is the minute that you want to exit out because it's going to be uh talking a little bit more about this um because the first one was in sort of a response to what todd friel's um mask uh debacle should was. christians his, his, be wearing masks right his should be you know yeah um, Which I did, Gretchen. if you listen to that, we did we add did in it. another link. Um, if you go on YouTube and pull up the, you know, Christian in Masks original podcast, we did also go back and link um, a conversation that Andy Woods oh, yeah, yeah. had again, okay. kind of just furthering that discussion as well about how right. Christians are completely the missing one, the point here. Yeah, and, and thank goodness he's the first one that came out that I saw um, that's notable that has anything to say about yeah. what wretched's um episode his, his, the clips were this angered a lot of people at wretched like a lot of people just stopped listening to wretched um after it's this, ridiculous just because it was and and todd even made a answer video back that was equally as bad um it, it <laughs> was it that. was it was just equally as bad and, like and not it's helping just, it's, it's no it's it's really unfortunate so what we're going to talk about today is going to be the, all of this is focused around first Peter two thirteen and Romans chapter 13, mostly verses one through seven. Um, and that's for the, anybody who's making the these, case that as masks, Christians, we right, need to submit and submit wear to masks. Governing authority. Correct. Yes. So you miss these authorities and wear masks. Um, this is a very sensitive topic. I understand that. Yep. Um, I'm going to try to be as clear as I can in this podcast, in this format. It's, it's hard to be. 
Well, I think because um, people are getting so upset taking this personally. Well, um, somebody that I love and is close to me has coronavirus and they're really sick and I'm scared and worried. And so you saying Christians shouldn't wear masks is saying that everybody should go out and make everyone sick, right? Like, right. Oh, it's like we go f- from one extreme to the other. And sure. so the point is, is again, Christian, we need to remain level-headed, slow to anger, patient, listen, right? Like, don't just listen and fly off the handle. Ah, oh, you just think everybody should be sick and die. Yeah, no. yeah, right. And I, right. <laughs> it's like, what and are you I talking about? I don't want to be, um, you know, I don't want to, like I said, I don't want to upset anybody with this. I'm going to try to take the most loving approach as, you know, as possible to this. Um, because it's not just Todd. There's been, um, I've come in, in contact with a lot of these same things um, being said. And, and it's just unfortunate. So... We're gonna we're gonna have to look into and, and ruin these two passages of scripture for most people, and th- the problem here is is this isn't about opinion, okay? Yeah. This isn't this experience, isn't about experience, feelings, experience, opinion, feelings, no. opinion, or anything, okay? This is about using biblical hermeneutics. Which is a big fancy word for uh, what, uh, biblical interpretation. Yeah. Um, so, in b- biblical interpretation, it you you must use proper division tools. Okay, and this is one thing where we always have to remember. We always have to heed to James three one's warning with not all of us should be teachers because teachers will be judged more strictly. And we know that we will be judged for every idle word that we speak. Okay, we have to understand this to begin with. I understand this, and this terrifies me. It does. It really does. Yeah. Um, and and if, you don't, if you think that I'm better, I'm not. And the fact of do I, you know, am I condemned? Am I? No, absolutely not. But my, my, my fear is in disappointment, and obviously I have a fear of a holy God. Um, so I, 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 I don't want to mishandle that whatsoever. And we are taught as shepherds, as teachers of the word and second Timothy one, Paul tells Timothy to guard, <clears throat> excuse me, guard the deposit entrusted in you. We are to guard this truth to, we have it. It's passed down to us. We know what this, the truth of God's word is, um, there's not, it's a lie that there's so many ways to interpret scripture. Yes, there's different views, but there's, there's not many ways and many paths. Well, and it's the the different views that are true biblical views. That's a very minuscule, uh, division there, you know, small. That's why I love that meme with, uh, Paul Washer when it says, well, that's just how you interpret that. And it's him turning around and goes, no, that's what it says. (laughs) And it's, and, and that's why script, that's why it's important as a shepherd is, is guarding this and part of guarding this deposit, guarding these teachings, guarding these truths. Part of it is understanding them. Well, like you said, and rightfully interpreting it, right? Like I wouldn't pick up a history book and understand it. Like I was reading poetry. Correct. That, that just wouldn't make sense. You and know, that's not, to say, it's not that I had a different interpretation on what the history text said. No, I'm understanding it and reading it as a historical text and not a book of poetry. Correct. And I'm not, I'm not saying I'm perfect and I get everything right. No. 
there's certainly areas where I can improve and where I am likely wrong. But these are small, as we were saying earlier, these are small mini school areas. We, we can't be that far off. We're called to be holy and we're called to do this. And, and, and if we take, <clears throat> you know, these, these instructions seriously, um, this is something as teachers of the word and, and you look at the Old Testament and what, what the Lord says about the shepherds of his people and the amount of responsibility that is on them to, to teach this truth and to know this truth. Um, it, it, it can't be that far off. No, there's certain, like I said, there's certainly things that they're wrong. Look at, I mean, John MacArthur is a great, uh, you know, a great example of it, um, where he's by no means perfect. And I have plenty of disagreements with him, but he's gone back and fixed things that he's since, since back in the eighties, even further back than that. Yeah. Where he's gone back and been like, yeah, like I know I said that, but here, like, let sure. me correct, you know, this statement or that. And I'm, I, I've, I've been very open and honest with people before too. You go back to my earlier podcast. There's things in there that I probably, um, have, you know, and I, I don't remember every single little thing, but there's definitely probably things that I have come to a definite better understanding or a, a, a different understanding. But that's how the, the Holy Spirit works. Like he will not let us stay in this form of misunderstanding yeah. scripture. And we will come to a point where we are mature in the faith. That doesn't mean that we, we know every single little thing and we're above each other. But we, you know, we do have this duty. So part of that is in that's a long way to say that using these tools is part of how we do this. This is why these you, you can't just take these things and, and, and just make them mean what you want them to mean. Sure. Uh, and, and try to read into. And oftentimes people's defense at this is they'll throw back another teacher at you. That, that well, this teacher this says way. this. Well, that's fine. And that doesn't, doesn't mean that they right. can't be wrong. Yeah. And that doesn't mean that they are wrong. Because you're going mean, to find are. multiple people that agree with any side of any coin. And that doesn't make it biblical truth. And here's where the ridiculousness sets in. Yes, we absolutely, and, and God worked through the Reformation and through the Reformers to bring us the, the, the truth and, and the doctrine that we have. That would have happened anyway. When, whatever time period he would have used it and whoever he would have used it through, that would have happened anyway. But he used them. So yes, I, I, I acknowledge that. But that doesn't make their understanding exclusive. They were never prophesied of. They were never, you know, there's yep. nothing that makes this exclusive. Okay. Just because the Catholic Church had a hold on, you know, the Bible and, and, we, and interpretation and these things, you know, the, the reformers, it does not make them exclusive from separating from that. It doesn't make Luther exclusive. It doesn't make them, it doesn't mean that they weren't wrong either. Um, we, we understand, we see, and we understand now that there's a, in a lot of ways, they were wrong about a lot of things. Sure. They had most everything right. Sure. And God was using them for a purpose, a but they're not perfect. They were off. And I just showed somebody an example of that with loose, with Martin Luther's an, anti-Semitism. Oh yeah. It's I disgusting. Mean, he, it was horrible. Not and so much so to say that he did not find any prophetic value or any anything inspired by the book of revelation that's insane that's insanity but this is literally what he said so these guys were not perfect and their understanding is not exclusive it's where we have a great basis and where 
yes, we realize that this is, but this is, uh, this is something that we're, Andy Woods calls it ever reforming. Yeah. And we are because we come to deeper, better understanding. And as we Christians, we can't not accept these things. That's just the same argument that we do with these translation arguments that we have. Well, I list the KJV only. Well, okay, and 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 then uh, because it, it includes these verses in it that we did not find in newer, older manuscripts that were that it, you know that went across that don't change anything doctrinally, but we just didn't put it in there because yeah. it doesn't belong in there. You know, and this is the same argument that they will. You, well, you're just changing the Bible. No, that 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 doesn't cancel that out whatsoever. But so I don't go back too far off of this this rabbit trail. Hermeneutics is this this interpretation um, process of of understanding scripture. Okay, you have to understand that hermeneutics takes presuppositions into it as well. So it, it, it understands what you think about it, you know, and what what you're going to read into it. It takes all of those into account to be able to still take the text and give a meaning out of it. And these are these tools that the Lord provided us. They're not man's tools. They're common sense. Interpretation tools is really all they are. We, you know, I've made, we make the example all the time. If I'm writing you a letter and I'm telling you what I want for lunch, well, you can learn a lot about that letter, but I'm not writing to anybody else. I'm writing to you. Sure. And it's the same, it's the same type of principles that we have to use to do that. So here's where we run into problems, though, when we don't use that, is what people are doing when they say, okay, well, this is just your interpretation, or this is just, you know, they, they have just kind of a, maybe not a firm grasp on scripture, not teaching, you know, period. They will say that, you know, they'll, they'll read their own subjective ideas into it, and, and they'll convey ideas, which is not the meaning of the actual text. This, there's actual name for this. If you say, well, I know what you're going to say, and, and yeah, that's, that's all fine, but I believe God's word, and this is what it says right here. That's eisegesis. Okay, that's, that's not... See, they're, they're, it's, it's called exegesis versus eisegesis. Okay, exegesis is a big fancy term which is a legitimate interpretation which reads out of the text which, which what the original author meant to convey in the text. Eisegesis, on the other hand, puts the reader's ideas into it and the reader's and the interpreter's wishes into it and their own subjective ideas and not the meaning of the actual text. So this comes for, there, there, there's a name for that, and that's, eisegesis is not a proper interpretation method, as you could tell, because that's reading into it what we want to read into it and not reading what the author is actually interpreting. And again, we pull in feelings and experiences and, you know, the, our own two cents. Correct. So we can't just pick up verses like, First Peter two thirteen, or I, I mean, really the 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 chapter of of First Peter two, and we can't pick up Romans thirteen, and just read that and say, this says to be subject for the Lord's sake to every human institution. First Peter two thirteen, and to say that that means that you obey all government no matter what. You don't ever ask any questions whatsoever. 
Okay, that Romans 13, for submission, the same thing to govern, governing authorities. Paul writes the similar, same thing in Romans 13. Okay, so those are two very important passages here that we can't read our own interpretation into. We have to understand these. We, and, and once we understand them, it becomes clear. Now, whether you want to accept the interpretations to these, it, th that's, your own, that's your own problem, but you can't take scripture and make it mean what you want it to mean when it doesn't mean that. You, you simply can't do that. Again, I don't care how many people do it. Yeah, we understand. What, it's a widespread problem. That doesn't mean that it's right. And I don't care who does it. Todd Friel, he, he may be smarter and have more leather-bound books than I am, but that does not, than I have, but that does not mean that he's right. Andy does a great job of pointing that out. Andy Woods and Brandon House did a, a six-part series on this wretched, uh, you know, basically on this whole, whole idea of Romans 13 and First, and, and first Peter 2, 13. Uh, and, saying that and, as and Christians, we to need to apply this to obey governing authorities and to wear masks because Romans 13 and Peter 2, 13 tells us. And they and, and Andy being a lawyer, which adds a fascinating aspect to the conversation because it. it's really hard to argue somebody that's a lawyer that is that is very, very versed on our American Constitution Versus somebody that is also holds a PhD in teaching and biblical teaching. So, you know, he, he has a, a very, we're and, not and talking not, Joe Schmo trying to talk no, about it. We're talking not. people with like, and we're not saying that, and I'm not saying Andy is right about everything either because Andy Nobody goes is. way too far on this extreme side of where he has so much love for this system that it turns into almost a worldly love. I feel like, that's not a rebuke. That's a feeling that I have of him. Um, and I, I think he admits some of that, that that's just kind of where his passion lies. So, but that doesn't make him right either. And, and that doesn't mean, you know, with, with, with everything that he's saying. But it, at the core, it is foundation for what he's saying. He is right on all these things. And he brings an interesting uh, conversation into this. But... Not only is it, 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 it for the, um, you know, for the government aspect of it, but just for us as believers, um, using these things out of context is extremely important. So, um, I don't know. Let, let me go ahead and we'll jump into and, and talk about why, why we have to use these tools to understand 1 Peter 2.13 and Romans 13. Okay. We have to understand the audience in which this was written to. Okay. The Bible is not about you. It's, it's simply not. Okay. You can't read and take out of it whatever you feel in you pick and choose that you want to take out of it to meet whatever agenda that you want to meet. It, it, you can't do that. You simply can't do that. That that is a mishandling of scripture. So if we don't understand that principle, our whole ideas are gonna this is where we 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 give birth to our ideas. 
and where we start this eisegesis pro, you know, process in reading what we want into it instead of sitting back and understanding. Okay. Romans 13 and 1 Peter 2.13. One was written, obviously, by Peter, is being in, you know, 1 Peter 2.13. The other was written by Paul. Okay, these books were written around, roughly around the same time. Same, within the same 10 to 15 year time frame. Okay, when we're talking 2,000 years ago, that's, that's relatively close. If not even closer. Both of these letters were written, well, no, it had to have been a shorter, yeah, it had to have been a shorter window because both of these letters were written under Nero's reign. The Roman Emperor Nero. Not a good guy. Not a good guy whatsoever. Like worse than Democrats, you guys. A lot worse. (laughs) And basically, if we're going to take a eisegesis read into these two verses, they make zero sense. And that's, again, putting our opinion into understanding this. Right. That I said Jesus word. Because the fact is, they wrote this while Christians were being persecuted. And they were being hung up in the streets and set on fire. This is for disobeying the emperor. And not worshipping the emperor as supreme. Which... First Peter two thirteen. If we take, if we take First Peter chapter two, and you put that to a literal read, then Nero is clearly just punishing bad behavior, not good behavior. D- do you not see the problem with saying that? Because that was the governing authority at the time, was Rome. And so, no, neither one of these, neither one of these chapters, neither one of these, like I said, it's not just First Peter two thirteen. It's the it's the whole chapter of First Peter two. So, I guess I should I should do everybody a favor. If you probably don't have a Bible, if you're listening to your in your car or something, so I should probably read it for you here. So let's go ahead and read First Peter two thirteen through seventeen because that's basically the verses that we're dealing with here it's not just there's here and then it's going to be Romans uh thirteen one through seven but first peter two uh chapter two verse thirteen starts off be subject for the Lord's sake to every human institution, whether it be to the emperor as supreme or to governors as sent by him to punish those who do evil and to praise those who do good. For this is the will of God, that by doing good, you should put to silence the ignorance of foolish people. Live as free people who are free, not using your freedom as a cover-up for evil, but living as servants of God. Honor everyone. Love the brotherhood. Fear God. Honor the emperor. So, 
Am I saying that that tech? Am I saying that this te- to read what that to read other something other than what this means? So we're not supposed to obey authorities? No, not saying that at all. Because it does, and we should. Absolutely, First Peter two tells us to be subject to authority. But here's the thing: the Greek word there that Peter uses for subject does not indicate obedience in every use. And you have got to understand that. And is that just my is that just my interpretation? No, it's not. Because otherwise none of this would make sense of what Peter says. Because Peter never obeyed anything that he said. If that's the case, yeah, we could go down a whole list of Acts chapter 12. Examples. Peter escapes from prison. That's not accepting. That's not I mean, that's not Christian-like. Yeah. Uh, what kind of an example are you setting? Matthew twenty six fifty two. Put away your sword, Peter. He wanted to kill the leaders that were coming to get Jesus. Luke 9.54, Lord, do you want us to call fire down from heaven on this town from not obeying you? So, and then you, you have the, I mean, you have the ace in the hole with Acts 5.29 when he says we must obey God rather than man. So Peter didn't even, like, obey his own advice. So that is absolutely not the case and you cannot read especially into this you you just can't bring that with this this issue with masks with this blind submission to whatever mandates that they roll out that that's not the case here because Simply, uh, the, the, the second part of understanding this is if you have these two conflicting ideas, then what possibly could these mean? Well, it means exactly what it says. Yes, be subject, but then let's go to historical context, okay? These letters were written under Nero. You have to understand what was going on in the areas of Rome, Turkey, Greece, these, these Roman-controlled areas. You, you have to understand specifically what was going on in Rome to be able to understand these passages. See, there was all kinds of uprisings that were happening from Christians all around. It was they were being zealous. Okay, but not only were there these uprisings and these just rebellious groups out there just causing more harm than good to Christianity, not only was there that, there's also the fact that the writers both knew that these writings were very, very sensitive. And if these letters fell into Roman hands, they would never get to their intended targets if they said 
anything about the way because it did not honor the emperor. It was a worship of something other than the emperor. Well, and when Christians are being completely persecuted by the government, obviously a letter from a ring of Christians saying something about standing up against the government, obviously. <laughs> like that's, that's an <laughs> obvious statement. And no, and that's why I love the way in that that movie, uh, Paul, Apostle of Christ, or whatever, the newer one, when it has the zealots break into the prison, and they're like, come on, we're going to free you. He's like, yeah, I'll stay. I'm yeah, good. Yeah, he's like, I'm okay. Like, you're missing the point, right? Yeah. So... Which, but now yeah, we've that trans- was a great liberty they took. Yeah, with that they, just again to paint they used that idea. A proper, they used a proper, proper biblical hermeneutic right there, yes. an interpretation of what Paul was writing. Yes. Because Paul was not writing to have to be some rebel. Absolutely not. He was. Yes, he should. But it also was not meant to be a literal read and to be able to read whatever you want to, to say out well, of it. Well, because now we've applied that to. Now you're not a real Christian if you don't exegesis. wear a mask. Right, exactly. and Which again breaks down like we brought up in our first podcast. Okay, so what about getting vaccinations? What about um, medical things? What about, you know, you can now, go to Nazi Germany and there's all these other also, things. There's also another side to this, though. Is I, I don't believe that it the government is trying to harm us by mandating these masks. That's what everybody's defense is. Well, if it doesn't harm you, you should just do it. Just submit. Okay. What's the big deal? Just do what they want you to do. The argument comes up with, well, then you're not loving God by not submitting. All you have to do is just a simple request that saves lives. And you're not loving your neighbor if you're not doing it. Then you've got Governor Cuomo or, or, yeah, that is out there saying that you don't wear a mask, you can kill somebody. Yeah. To be responsible for the death of somebody if you do not yeah. wear a mask. So if our first commandment is to love others as Christ loved others, then clearly we're not doing we're that not if we're not wearing a mask. That by not doing that. Which is amazing that we've even gotten to that point. Why, like, I, I mean, <laughs> are we here, you guys? Unfortunately, and I don't mean this in a mean, harsh way, but the the amount of biblical illiteracy that is in that statement is staggering, and it really scares me. For the condition of the church in this country, in the, the, in the world, that that statement would even come out. It really does. Because it's, it, I mean, it's just, it's just bananas. And how do you say that? Because scripture backs it up. Okay, let's take... A look at it. So you're saying as a Christian, you don't have rights to stand up and do any. That, that doesn't mean that at all. We get into a form of legalism with this by saying, hey, why don't you just wear a mask? You're not a Christian. You're not honoring. You're not loving God if you don't wear a mask. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Wait a minute. This sounds a lot, a lot like what the Pharisees said when they came to Jesus and they were accusing his disciples of working on the Sabbath in Matthew 12 by harvesting grain. And Jesus turns around and goes, uh, have you not read what um, David did when he was hungry? Yeah, he, um, he went in. And, and ate of the bread of the presence. Then he says, or 
Have you not read how, you know, on the Sabbath, the priests profane the temple by, you know, working on the Sabbath? But they're, you know, they're, they're working on the Sabbath. Your, your, your own ridiculous law of man cancels itself out. It's it's the same thing in Matthew 15. We just I just taught about that this past Sunday. Why do your disciples not wash their hands before they they eat? Jesus is like you're teaching as commandments from me, commandments of man. These aren't commandments of God. And then you know even Jesus was accused. Of not, there's even further evidence of Jesus accused by just not following man's law. It what he was not being a rebel. There he wasn't trying to prove anything. It was a man-made law, and it was stupid, and it was not what God ever intended. So you can't take this issue of masks and drag this in there because number one, this. This, this, you, you, you also can't argue masks with this. You know what I mean? Like this, this is far deeper than than this mask issue. This mask issue is is cannot be applied biblically in this situation because it's opinion. Okay, it's that's not to say that I am void of common sense with masks. I'm not. If you want to wear a mask. Fine, do masks stop the spread of disease? They lessen it, absolutely. But again, guys, we have to remember that for these masks to be effective whatsoever, they have to be worn correctly. 90% of the public is not wearing them correctly. And guess what? You sneeze, you cough wrong. If your, mask, if your nose, if your mask is not sealed correctly on the chin or on the nose, all of that gets out. It, it still gets out. You don't find it weird that... They're not to be worn for extended periods of time either we because were, it's reducing your oxygen. We your, were selfish for going outside regardless of whether we had a mask on during quarantine. We wanted to kill everybody if we were just seen in public. Now it's if we don't wear a mask in public, we want to kill everybody. So now we can be in public, we just have to wear a mask. But there was even people arguing in quarantine, okay, well, masks aren't completely effective and it, and it doesn't, really, doesn't really help very much because it still spreads on surface. It still spreads quickly. Like you said, how does me putting a card in a plastic tray? Well, yeah, that's my favorite thing. Go to fast food now. Fast food. Yeah, and it's like they've got their plastic up. She's wearing the gloves. She's got the mask. All this stuff, again, these placebos to make us feel safe. But I'm taking my card, putting it in a metal tin for her to pull in so, you know, we don't touch one another. She picks up my card, swipes it, throws it back in the thing. I grab it from her. Like, how did that stop transmission of anything? And then my second point being that, did you change your mask and glove and sanitize and wipe everything down from the car before me, before I came right. in? And again, with a proper sanitizer giving, and you have to give sanitizers the proper amount of time to thoroughly penetrate the surface and work before the next person. You know what I mean? So it's like you go down this rabbit trail and it's like, you guys, you're not even like, this doesn't even make sense. And maybe this is where the public school has failed us all so badly that nobody even has like 
common sense understanding anymore of how things work. You know what I mean? So then they come out and they say, hey, we're going to give you these new mandates to for your peace and safety. Oh, that's weird. And uh, we're just going to just take everything you say because clearly you're here to keep us all safe. Okay. So you're still, you know... People are still dying of all of these diseases that kill way more than coronavirus does. We're not concerned about stopping that. I mean, we're still aborting babies like crazy, not worried about that. We're still pumping people full of all kinds of nasty, gross stuff that's well, keeping funny us, nobody's mean, worried about of, that. The amount of, of sexual disease that's out there, yet we, we refuse to promote celibacy, the amount of... of all kinds of different um, diseases and snickers out there that are created, but yet we choose to, to like, see this as a boogeyman. Yep. Does it spread fast? Does it happen? Yes. Um, you know, and I, I don't want to discredit it. I know I understand that people are dying from it. I'm not denying that. I'm not calling it a conspiracy. I'm not calling it uh, not real. Is it, is it for real? Yes, it is. Absolutely. It's for real. It's wiping out nursing homes in North Carolina like crazy. Yeah. But it's it's part of life, guys. Like it's it's part of living on a planet, a rock out in the middle of space, like in a, in a fallen world. It's part of it. it. It does that mean that we're to do nothing and not try to prevent? No, that doesn't mean that. But you know, let's let's just get back to using common sense and mask shaming people by throwing out Romans 13 and first Peter two thirteen and calling, um, for that. It, it's just, I mean, it's just incorrect. I mean, you, in, in Jesus commandment, yes, was to love your neighbor. And there's no greater love than to lay down your life. Sure. Absolutely. Amen. But, it doesn't mean that we don't love our neighbor if we don't wear a mask. That's a personal choice. Absolutely. And to say that Christians are not, number one, following God's word, number two, loving their neighbor and obeying Christ's commandment because they are standing up against these ridiculous mask mandates is just absolutely awful. How dare you say that? Really? Yeah, it's, it's it really, it's, I mean, it, it's, it's very, very, you know, cause regardless, some people are being ridiculously rebellious about it. Are these, these Walmart, I read an article today, this morning that Walmart greeters are terrified or Walmart employees are terrified of enforcing these mask mandates. Wasn't it in Canada that, um, I think well, it, was it was in down Ca here too. That are, yeah, there, there's been a few of them. Yeah. Where people have, I mean, people and have gotten so beat. obviously and there, there absolutely. are extremes to everything. And there's obviously. these Karens that are just standing there screaming. I, I said in the podcast that I, I got a haircut at Supercuts a few weeks back and a guy at Supercuts wearing no, like he, he was really gross and he was yelling, about having to wear a mask in there. And I'm like, listen, is that right? No. Well, what are you not. accomplishing by But if you doing see that? me in public and I don't have a mask on and you see me and if I refuse to wear a mask in a Walmart, wh whether or not I, that does not mean I'm not loving my neighbor. And, and no, that's a choice. And you don't, it's not up to you to judge 
This is where judging doesn't come in. This is where you can't judge that. So what happens if you choose to not get the vaccination? Are you same Christians who are standing out there saying, you're not loving your neighbor and you're not obeying God's word because you're not wearing the mask? Well, am I still not loving my neighbor and not obeying God's word because I'm not getting a vaccination? Right. It's, so, and you have to say yes to these same questions. So what happens up. when, um, I don't know, a certain mark or chip comes into play that the government says you have to have in order to be able to go in and purchase the sure. goods that you need so they can track if you've had the vaccination and or whatever I it said, is. So if I say no to that, am I not loving my neighbor and not obeying God's word? And no, this is reality now, guys. This isn't even a, this isn't even a question. These, these people that are smarter than us, politi even politicians that are watching out for this going, America, you guys have, you have no idea what you've done by giving away your liberties. You know, and that's what that was, you have. that's what was so amazing is number one, most Americans do not even know what their constitutional rights are. They do not know what the constitution says. I mean, they couldn't pass a quiz on that if you well, know. Well, that's you the other part of the conversation is, is that Christians don't understand, like you said. That, well, that like they don't your brother, understand. when he went to the store and they were, they were like, Hey, you're going to have to wear your mask. And he said, yeah, no, thank you. Um, and he has a medical reason to do so, um, which again, in, you have a right. You don't have to disclose your personal information yeah, to told, yeah, a well, greeter in the store. But um, when he said that, that and he said, well, I have, you know, and I have constitutional rights. And the lady responded to him, well, not after Monday. And it's like, that's what's so funny. I, I kind of chuckled, but almost a, like you have to laugh to keep from crying. And I was like, what's sad is it's not even that it's a sad thing that we're losing constitutional rights. It's that Americans don't want them anymore. Right. They don't care. I want to feel safe and secure. And the yeah. TV tells me that people wearing masks and getting this vaccination and making sure they have this chip in their hand and whatever comes next, right? Not using cash anymore, making sure you do touchless pay with your phone and whatever, you know, is coming next. That's what it tells me is good. So that's what I want. I could care less about what you've taken from me. Yeah, they they really don't. We care. want surveillance on people who have tested positive and, you know, all of these other things. And it's like, all right, guys. All right. Yeah. they. It, but they, you want to wave your little flag and cling to your America on the 4th freedoms. of July. Yeah, and yeah. your freedoms. And see, the, the thing is, is this is this whole mask thing. And that's what I was going to explain is that. The one thing that people don't understand are basic fundamental constitutional rights, and especially with these masks. Have you seen the, these are mask mandates? They're not mask laws. Yeah, nobody even knows what a, they're like. Okay. Nope. Governor said you, it's you, a law. Yeah. You know why? Do you know how a law comes to be a law? Because the, the governor cannot make that type of law. He can't. And to do so is the very form of tyranny. Andy breaks that up in the with the Federalist Papers argument. That's not the way that we were set up. So, no. And if you noticed, the police cannot enforce these mask mandates. You know how they're enforcing it? By giving trespassing orders inside Walmart. Trespassing. So now if you go into Which Walmart. Which I cannot wait for the lawsuits to come out after all this. They try to print a trespassing charge on you. Which you, that's not trespassing. And the fact of the matter is, no. My government, regardless of whether state or local, cannot force me to do something I don't want to do, like wear something. Is this not how Sharia law works? 
oh, but we're all against that. <laughs> That's no, what's going to come to get can't. us. Regardless of whether or not it may be helpful. There's lots of things that would be helpful. It would be helpful if there wasn't big metal machines traveling 90 miles an hour down the interstate. It would be helpful if you stopped filling your gullet with a bunch of soda. It, was, it would be helpful so if you ate food things. that God created. Yeah, it would be disease. helpful if you stopped killer. being pumped up with a bunch of pills. It would be helpful. It would be helpful for a lot of things. Which now, the government is clearly so concerned about that they are mandating and double-checking you uh, being a nanny state to make sure you do. Clearly. They're just such helpful people. And, you know, they... they it doesn't all happen at once. Now they're saying, now even Trump's coming out last night, posting that, tweeting that picture of himself in a mask saying it's patriotic. I'm the most patriotic person. Which you is know. just hilarious. Which is because just, oh a my week gosh, ago. he's got John Kerry fit, <laughs> like beat on the flip flop. Man, oh like that gosh. guy. Oh my gosh. I voted before it before I voted against it. Like, <laughs> it's like, I, I don't know. It, it's unfortunate and. You know, now we have gotten to the point, though I, I, I will concede a little bit, that we have gotten to the point, like even I said, going into Walmart now, like I'll, I'm going to put one on my ear when I go through, so I have one. It's not that I'm trying to be a hero. It's just that I choose not to wear one. And to call me a murderer for not doing so? Or that you're not loving? Or to say that I'm not loving my neighbor and by doing so? No, it's not. I, I don't. It's not bringing any reproach on the name. That that's just an ignorant statement to say that it's bringing a reproach on the name of God by me not wearing a mask, because you don't know my reasons. You don't know if I truly do have a condition that prevents me from wearing this mask. There's lots of reasons that can prevent you from wearing this. Not all of them are just conspiracy theory, you know, nonsense. Not all of them are just a weak argument of, oh, 30%, even though it's, that's a lot, but 30% of your oxygen. No, it, none of that, none of that matters. And you're not disobeying and being disobedient by not adhering to this at all because you don't have to. And that's where people don't understand the constitution of the United States and don't understand the application of it and don't understand our rights underneath it. And the funny thing that people go, well, Oh, that you, Oh, that's, that still doesn't make an excuse. Okay. Well, guess what? Guess what Paul did? We all know the Apostle Paul, right? You remember Acts 16 in the story of the Philippian jailer? Do you remember that? There was an earthquake, okay, that broke open the prison doors. The Philippian jailer was flipping out, ready to kill himself because he thought the prisoners had escaped. Paul, like, no, 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 don't kill yourself, I'm here. I didn't go anywhere. I didn't, it's I didn't, okay. I didn't go anywhere. So the guy says, oh my gosh, what must I do to be saved? So the guy, the jailer got saved because of this just miraculous thing that he saw and hearing Paul in the night before the faith and the Lord answering the prayer. But 
the next day, and it starts actually in Acts 16, uh, verse 35 it starts. But when it was day, the magistrates, the magistrates sent the police saying, let those men go. And the jailer reported these words to Paul, saying, the magistrates have sent to let you go. Therefore, come out now and go in peace. Okay, so the cops and the jailers told Paul, go, leave. You're, you're free to go. Paul said in verse 37, but Paul said to them, they have beaten us publicly uncondemned men who are Roman citizens and have thrown us into prison. And do they now throw us out secretly? No. Let them come themselves and take us out. Um, hmm. He said no. Let them come themselves and get me out of here. Verse 38, the police reported these words to the magistrates and they were afraid when they heard that they were Roman citizens. So they came and apologized to them and they took them out and asked them to leave the city. So again, to recap, Paul pulls out his rights right there. He goes, um, yeah, no, they beat a Roman citizen. So want them to come explain to me why. Guess what he's doing? He's invoking his right as a Roman citizen. So what, what does not compare to our constitution that we have? Yeah, so how is it now then wrong to be in a, a place, a position where you can say, okay, guess what? I do have these rights given to me by my governing authorities, right? Right. I'm these a citizen of heaven first and foremost, but I am right. a citizen, you know, I have this, you know, that dual citizenship we talk about until I get to go home to heaven. I am here in this. And so I have these rights, my constitutional right, you know, you can go through all of our rights that we have that nobody knows about anymore and say, Hey, no, I have the right to stand my ground and use the things and I have given like, to no, me. No, you're wrong. And that trumps your governor's mandate. Or a store's policy, you know, or something like that. I mean, am I saying that we need to be these people that are making Walmart employees terrified and we need to be combative? Absolutely not. That is not not. loving your neighbor. But you smile and you say, no, thank you. Yeah. And you have every right to do so. And you have every right to do so. And you are not disobeying no Ro- or you know romans 13 and peter you are not not loving your neighbor because of it and anybody telling you you are is just i mean there's just no case for it right and we can't bring feelings into this either we can't bring personal experience heck we you were just telling me last night we have a family in our church that all seven yeah seven members of their family got covid yeah we're and talking from oldest to the youngest, yeah, you know, you dad they to would be the, the, smallest the, the kids. COVID spokesperson in the world, right? Yep. <laughs> no. <laughs> They're the ones going, um, yeah, wasn't fun. But guess what? Never is ever Had getting worse, sick for yeah. like, you know, a week or two. That's never fun. So, I mean, it's, it, it's, I, I'm not, I, I don't want to downplay the fact that it's, it just killed a teenager in Florida. Sure. Um, it, it, 
you know, I, I don't want to downplay But again, the fact like that if we were sitting real. here tracking any other sickness to have ever existed in the world, we could be yelling out stats and numbers and, and all of those things all day long every day. Right. And, and we, we have to get away from the idea that appeasing everybody is showing the love of God. That, that doesn't. So are you saying that Christ didn't show the love of God when he didn't appease the Pharisees? When Paul didn't show the love of God throughout his life, when he didn't appease the jailers, I, I mean, there's there's so Again, many. Again, we could go round and round, go round, looking and biblically, round. not at emotion, you know, experience, opinion. I, I think uh, you know, and we can, we can even take this back to the Old Testament with Daniel. Yeah. And see, the thing is, is Babylon in Jeremiah 25. It, it's prophesied. I think it starts in Jeremiah 20 and it goes through to like 20 where it's talking about the exile to Babylon. Okay. And it's talking about what, how it's going to happen, everything that's going to go down. And the Lord refers to King Nebuchadnezzar as his servant. King Nebuchadnezzar, my servant. Okay. King Nebuchadnezzar was not a good dude. He and was he was certainly not a pursuer and he was of not the Lord. A pursuer of the Lord. And the Lord told Israel through the prophet Jeremiah that, hey, you're going to be going through this. You're going to be taken into captivity. Guess what? You're his subjects. Listen to him. He's going to persecute you. He's going to do lots of bad things. Then we fast forward to Daniel chapter three, Daniel, who was one of these exiles along with his friend inside Babylon. He was one of the, one of the ones that wasn't, he would have remembered leaving Israel. He was not born in Babylon captivity. So Daniel in chapter three, understanding that, and it even goes on later to say that this is how Daniel learned that they were going to be in captivity for 70 years was because he was sitting there reading Jeremiah. Okay. But so God commanded them all of these things. Well, then we have Daniel in chapter three when we have Shadrach and Meshach and Abednego who won't bow to Nebuchadnezzar, won't bow to the gold statue. Okay, well, that didn't really mean, just bowing to the statue didn't mean that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego worshipped the golden statue. They just bowed, just, you know, they could have just, just bowed just to, you know, just to do it, just to appease Nebuchadnezzar so they didn't make a scene. But guess what? I love how the Bible TV show depicts that when everybody goes to bow down except for the three. And the three are standing up. The three are standing up making a scene. So can this is exactly why these things can't be compared to masks. Because the exile in Babylon is of no comparison to wearing a face mask. That's why you can't bring this in here, though. Is because the submission to authority and the absoluteness that we have that we use with First Peter two thirteen and Romans thirteen does not work when we understand what all of Scripture actually says and what people actually did. Being subject does not mean always blindly obedient. We're not citizens of this world. We're citizens of God. Our views and our 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 things should go in line with what what we have here and yes we are to be subjects even under tyranny even under you know a certain amount of it is it to where it gets sinful and hurts other people absolutely not 
but that's why when we talk about the seriousness and weight of these things, though, that we just can't take something like that issue and bring it into scripture and say, well, wear your mask because the government mandates it. No, I mean, if we want to talk about technicalities, there's far more examples of disobedience and especially like Paul's thing. I mean, this is, uh, he, no, that was what was necessary done. No, he could have left right then and there. They, they told him that he was good to go. Man, you're wrong. Oh, I'm sorry. You got to go. See you later, dude. Nope. Sure. Not going to do it. That was completely unnecessary. It was completely unnecessary for the disciples not to just wash their hands. You know, like there's, there's all kinds of things that we can say against that using these same principles. Okay, but we have to, we, we have to be consistent with this and we can't bring these scriptural arguments in. And the fact, going back to the beginning, something so ridiculous like Todd Friel doing such shows uh, i mean a serious the uh, serious amount of ignorance i, I mean it's it, it's just uh, andy in his his podcast he did with bandit house about it he was very harsh on todd um and i don't know if i agree with him 100 percent on everything that he says but for the most part he was right and i mean this is a form of neo-calvinism that just comes to to where we get ridiculous with this and it's and that's where this these masks mandate and just blindly adhering to every single thing that our government tells us is just absolutely ridiculous when we have a important document like the constitution do i care about the constitution am i married to absolutely not i'm not a citizen of this world but guess what it's a really cool thing to have it was a really unique thing to have. Yeah, there's when a difference between correctly. idolizing it and, and wrapping yourself up as an American Christian and believing the American gospel and all the other stuff, but knowing like, yes, I, I have this, and so I can use Just it, like right? Just Paul. Did, did Paul walk around? I'm a Roman citizen. He Look had, at me yeah, and all no, of my... But no, he but he used it. Yeah. Because he had a lot of cool things that he could do because he was a Roman citizen. Mm. Just like we have with the Constitution. Why do you think that part of why God chose him, right? Because he knew he would have that ability to say, nope, and look at, you know. And guess what? We have a thing called the Fourth Amendment against a unreasonable search and seizure. An unreasonable stop. So if any kind of law enforcement makes contact with you that does not have a reason for doing so, it's unreasonable and you don't have to stop. So that would fall under a mask mandate because there are reasons why people cannot wear masks. Yep. You're not allowed to make the assumption that somebody is being a rebel or a criminal because they are not wearing a mask. Our constitution does not allow that. It simply doesn't. And if you don't understand that, then I'm sorry. Um, I, I don't think... I do understand, and this issue is getting more and more sensitive as time goes on. Yep. So I do understand that. And and here's where I, I guess I kind of will wrap this up, but I understand that this is this is continuing to grow. So as it's continuing to grow and causing more and more strife for people, that might change 
our actions. We might not want to go out as much. We might consider taking a mask with us. Some of you might consider wearing a mask. While you still fully understand you have constitutional rights and you don't agree with it, because of the severity of it, of, of how bad it's getting and how the arguing is just getting ridiculous, then this is the point where, you know, each to each his own. If you feel the, if you feel that you are harming somebody by not wearing it and you've come to that point, then you are and it's a sin and you need to wear a mask. If you feel that, if you feel like you're causing somebody else to stumble. But if somebody does not feel like that, you, it is not your place to judge them on that. And to come out with these notions that you're a murderer for not wearing one and all that, that's ridiculous. That's absolutely insane. I mean, there, there's, no, there's no logic in that. Is it a good idea? Yeah. Does it prevent the spread to an extent? Enough, it has enough effectiveness that you would use it just like the the logic of the world um using condoms for pregnancy i mean what what what's the the rate on condoms is what like 90 yeah 92 percent or something like this um yeah absolutely you know if you're worldly engaged in this then yeah absolutely just the numbers itself will say that you know, this is better than nothing. But again, I mean, just, you know, just there, there's just arguments that can't be made here. But we still should remain sensitive to the weaker believers. But the weaker believers have to understand that those that are not cannot judge other people on this because they could have reason. And the problem that you're looking at somebody without a mask now and you're assuming that they're rebelling purposely because of Trump's propaganda, because of what you've seen in memes, on Facebook, on TV, whatever you've seen. Okay, but that's not the case all the way. So... I didn't. I know we spoke about doing Romans 13 or uh, <laughs> 1 through 7 at you the beginning need to of do it. That different. <laughs> yeah, I think. I mean, it's maybe, basically the I mean, same. It's basically the everything same you thing. just I mean, said. It's we can, the same we topic. We can go and I can talk more in depth about even more so the um, the the audience around Paul's letter versus to what Peter's letter was. Although they were they were relatively the same um but but paul's audience here in in one through seven be subject to the government authorities there's no authority except from god and those that exist have been instituted by god therefore whoever resists in authorities resists what god has appointed and those who resist will incur judgment for rulers are not a terror to good conduct but to bad would you have no fear of the one who is in authority? Then do what is good, and you will receive his approval. For he is God's servant for your good. 
But if you do wrong, be afraid, for he does not bear the sword in vain. For he is the servant of God, an avenger who carries out God's wrath on the wrongdoer. Therefore, one must be in subjection not only to avoid God's wrath, but also for the sake of conscience. For because of this, you also pay taxes, for the authorities are ministers of God, attending to this very thing. Pay to all what is owed to them, taxes to whom taxes are owed, revenue to whom revenue is owed, respect to whom respect is owed, honor to whom honor is owed. And remind you that Jesus rebuked the, fair, the, the temple system for the widow's might, right? Because it was a corrupt temple tax system. So remember that Jesus rebuked that. I think if you decided not to give to the temple tax system, that Jesus wouldn't consider you a rebel. Yep. He would say, yep, this is this And guess is who is mandating that? This, the Pharisees, exactly. So that, I mean, give honor, give res revenue to whom revenue is owed, respect to whom respect is owed, honor to whom honor is owed. Okay, so these institutions and governments, though, I mean, if you're going to say that, that requires definition. And no, that does not, you, you can't just say, well, that, that all mayors, all, all positions of authority. Well, okay, well, what do you, do you, so do you consider everybody that works for the government in a position of authority? So if they work for the government, they're in a position of authority? So CPS? Yeah. So, um, you know, th there's, there's a lot of different organizations here. Heck, the post office? Yeah. Does my mailman have authority over me? Yeah. Like, what is to be subject is what's really important here, and it's the same word that Paul used. It does not indicate blind obedience ever. And to say that would make a lot of other scripture not make sense. So, that's my spiel about those two. I guess Romans 13 can and does. I've been wanting to do my own, my own deal on Romans 13 because these Romans 13 and 1 Peter 2.13, these are, these are what are called clobber verses. The people use eisegesis to clobber the crap out of people. And there has to be people that come along and go, whoa, whoa, whoa. No, it's, it's not about what, what you perceive as me just reading my interpretation into it because that's not what I'm doing. I'm, I'm getting with Paul here and figuring out what exactly he's saying. I'm getting with Peter here and I'm like, hey, Peter, what are you saying when you say this? Because what you're saying doesn't make sense in any sense of the word. Because, yes, it does matter if you say Hitler, Stalin, the Christians in China right now, the Christians in Iraq, Iran, every, any nation that's been South Africa, these Christians that are being persecuted by these governments, unjustly persecuted. Oh, but they're just, it's good. It's just bad conduct. They're good, though. They're there to help them. So they should love them and respect them while they're beating the crud out of them. That doesn't make 
any sense whatsoever. Is it a general instruction? Yes, absolutely. Things will go better if we're quiet and we're under the radar like we are supposed to be. Things will go with us. But don't you know that Christians are a little bit sketch to the world? Hey, what are they doing over there? What do they got going on? Nothing. Just worshiping in our homes like our God commanded us to, world. You don't worry about it when Christianity is illegal. What do you think happens in China? Nothing. Nothing going on here. Just praising the Lord out in the open. Okay, but they're not, they're not out in the streets hollering and doing... No, they're, they're under the radar. They're being quiet. But they look sketchy to the rest of the world because, you know, they're not listening, they're obeying. That's, that's always been the issue with them. God's people do look different. And we are known by our love, but our love cannot be judged by whether we wear a mask or not. Nor can it be boiled down to whatever interpretation that you want to read into this text so it's not there for our own application this doesn't fit my agenda it's not that i i liked i mean i'm i'm a libertarian so my understanding to this and and this that, that definitely makes me want makes me study it more and and to be honest with you the reason why i one of the main reasons why I even got involved and I even went to seminary is these very chapters, Romans 13 and 1 Peter 2.13. Because I thought before I even started any kind of, you know, any kind of life in this, correctly, I mean, um, I did not think that those could mean what they said they mean. And I say that as somebody who agrees to and, and preaches the importance of a literal interpretation to Scripture. Absolutely. Scripture is meant to be interpreted where it's meant to be interpreted literally. It's meant to be taken figuratively where it's figuratively. It's meant to understand correctly exactly where it is that's it's not all ex exclusive in that way i mean with that same statement we could make jesus comparing himself to the serpent sound really really bad or the whole star thing the whole warning star being satan and jesus thing like this the same thing like if you don't properly understand those if you don't properly understand and interpret paul's words you could, end, you could end up walking around believing that men wearing long hair now are causing a disgrace to themselves and an abomination to God. Or head coverings. Or complete submission to authority to your husbands to where you're getting the snot beat out of you and going, well, I've got to be submissive to my husband and I can't leave and I can't seek any kind of any kind of refuge because he's beating the snot out of me and there's and being extremely hateful. So got to stay here. Well, no, that's not what it says either. 
yes, there's an absolute reality to doing everything that you can with somebody that you you're married to and, and trying to work it out has got to be your number one goal. But it never the the legalism of saying that you can't leave a husband that's absolutely beating that nobody's saying that. Nobody's ever said that. So you have to understand and use these tools, otherwise you end up in a mess. And you can't just take these things and say them, well, Jesus said love is the greatest commandment and be completely absolute with that and say, well, by not submitting to every single whine and whim of the world and other people, I'm not being loving. That's not what it says. And if it did, the things that Jesus said and did wouldn't make sense either. And therefore would be hypocritical and contradictory or contradictory, whatever you want to, whatever you want to think. So that's why we can't use Romans 13 nor 1 Peter 2 like that. So hopefully this cleared up some misunderstandings, some misconceptions that we have in it. I know the first one didn't go over well. I don't plan this one on going over well either. Um, you can uh, like email me if you want. I prefer not, but you can for, with your hateful comments. Um, but comments on on everything else will be locked because there's really no um, there's no there's no benefit in in other Christians arguing each other on this topic when it's it's clear and it's it's not. It's not, um, it's not completely absolute, uh, as many are saying. Although, I will end in these words. As this increases, as the hate and the division that it's causing, the politicalization of it now, as that's growing, I think it should make Christians that refuse to wear a mask at least think about bringing them with you and, and attempting to, to wear it because it's getting to the point where it's just ridiculous. And having to stand up and defend your right for doing so and how no, it's not, and all these things, every single time, I, I get it. So I think that we should take these things into consideration but nobody even listened this far so they didn't see what i pretty, said in these yeah. last words i wish i would have said this in the beginning uh, as a disclaimer um but that that's where we are in the end so we'll stop beating this horse i know i i promised i wasn't going to do uh, another one of these but here i am proving myself a liar